Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Michael G. Daniels. That's Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Left off the doctor. I'm sorry about that, Pastor. That's quite all right. That's <laughs> I know you worked hard for that doctor. So. Well, I, I did work hard, but uh, let me say this. Um, I've learned more after I graduated than I did while I was in school. <laughs> yes. You know, life is a good a, a teacher. Absolutely. So today, Pastor, we have a great topic today. We have the topic of, of what happens at the death. And uh, me and you had talked a couple weeks ago. When we did that, uh, the episode of uh, the angels, the uh, demons, and the devil, mm-hmm. and we're in off air, we had got into more discussion about what happens after death, and we thought, hey, you know what, we need to do a, an episode about that because some people may not know or be a little confused, and we want to clear everything up. So I'm going to ask some of the um, what I call for me the dumb questions, mm-hmm. the simple <laughs> questions that some people may not have the answers to. So right. let's dive right in. So. Quite simple, Pastor. What actually happens at the death? You know, well, um, t- t- simple is probably simple is probably a, a difficult thing to do. <laughs> Talk about it in the simple terms. Um, I, I think the best way to um, look at death is probably to look at birth. I think that's the best way to look at it, because just like birth is a transition, um, death is a transition, you know, to 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 appreciate death in the way that most people look at death. You would have to go against all science. You would have to go against, you know, all reasoning to presume that death is as simple as some people um, proclaim. You know, you know, for example, even atheists believe in scientific um, realism. They believe that scientists, they believe in the Big Bang Theory. They believe in Einstein's theory of relativity. Well, if you consider all that powerful knowledge, here's what we have been told. If you look at Einstein's theory of relativity, uh, that E equals MC square. Here's what we know from that theory, that uh, matter can neither be created or destroyed. That's what Einstein says. Now, if if matter can neither be created nor destroyed, but just be converted, then that means that everything transitions from something to something, because scientifically, that's what we have been told. Right. So then if, if that's the case, then if it can neither be created nor destroyed, somehow it had to have been here. Right. That's right. Because what he's really saying is man has no way of creating matter. And man has no way of destroying matter. And so all the technology that we have only allows us to transition matter from one place to another. So if that being the case, then we know that our bodies are composed of matter and energy and all these kinds of things. So that would mean that we cannot destroy anything that is a part of us. You cannot destroy the energy in us. You cannot destroy anything in us. All you can do is transition it somewhere. So if all you can do is transition it somewhere, then the same thing applied to birth. Because when you are born, for example, if you cannot create matter, but only transition it or change it, that means it came from somewhere and then it became what we are. It transitioned from from something to what we are now. And death is the same thing. It's a transition from something to where we are now. So what happens when we die is we transition to, to something else. Nothing is destroyed. Nothing is created. It's a transition. And that's what the Bible teaches us. 
that there's a transitioning. Uh, now, that process is what um, causes most folk to be um, devastated by is what is that transition? Well, um, in, 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 in scripture in Corinthians in particular, we are told that um, uh, uh, it is a mystery. Uh, uh, and, and Paul says that we shall not all sleep, um, uh, but, but, the, but the transition will take place. You know, a transition will take, in, a, in the twinkling of an eye, he says. So just like that, something will happen. And all of a sudden, we will be present with God. Now, when you use the term twinkling of an eye, doesn't necessarily mean that in, in the, as we count time, it will be that rapid. It just means the way it appears, it will be that rapid. You know, uh, you know, I like to use, again, I go to birth for an example, because when you look at people being born, it, in a sense, is a twinkling of an eye to the person that's being born. You know, right. uh, even though you may spend nine months in your mother's womb, uh, and even though, you know, when you come out and you're born, to, to the person that's being born, they don't remember the nine months. Right. It's in a, for them, it's in a twinkling of an eye. All you know is you open your eyes and you are here. And that's a twinkling of an eye. And, and so that transition to heaven is the same way in the twinkling of an eye. You open your eyes. You are there. When you are born, there's no remembrance of where you were before you got in your mother's womb. But if nothing can be created or destroyed, that would mean that the soul was created prior to your parents ever coming together. Right. And so how did the soul get there and can the soul ever be destroyed? Well, the, the Bible and science teaches us it cannot. So now the, at the moment that we uh, pass, we're 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 taught that we're either going to two places. Mm-hmm. You're going to either the heaven or to hell. So in that process, you're saying that I would just open my eyes and I would have no idea what um, took place. Like you know, it's based like birth, right? So what is is that the same for the person who ends up going to hell? Do they just wake up and then oh? I'm here, but they have no prior knowledge of what happened. So how does that work? It's it's the same way. Um, For example, well, the the Bible um, does does not really equate going to heaven the way we often equate going to heaven, you know. Um, And and if you hear people talk about it, they will say it in two different ways. One, for example— they will say that Jesus will rapture when when the rapture comes. We all go to heaven. So mm-hmm. that if if that's when we all go to heaven, then that means that we're all going there at the same time or similar time, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, that would mean if I die today, I'm not going to heaven right now, because right. Uh, in the, in the way we count time, I have to wait until the rapture begins. So, so I'm just saying that to say that the way we count time, um, it is not going to happen instantaneously. Gotcha. But the way God looks at time and the way it will appear to us, it will be instantaneously. Um, because the scripture says, for example, it says that, um, that we will be caught up in midair, you know, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, you know, and then those are left behind. So uh, the scripture indicates that those who died first will go first, and then those that are left behind 
will be caught up. Their spirits will be called. Uh, so, but for them that are dead, it will appear as if, or seem as if it is in a twinkling of an eye, it is instantaneously done. Um, so you, you won't know where you came from. Um, you, you won't know, uh, in, in the sense that we know now the, the, uh, the, the, it would appear that way. Let me say that, that you won't know. Now I look at it from a rational standpoint and that is this, <clears throat> what if I knew how would that impact me? What, what if I knew, you know, mm-hmm. what if I really knew when I got to heaven, everything that I knew when I was on earth? Um, so what if I knew that the reason I'm in heaven is because my neighbor who was having an affair with my wife uh, shot me in the head mm-hmm. so he could be with my wife. Right. And what if my neighbor, um, uh, while he was being tried and convicted, um, someone came to the jail and they met with him and they prayed with him and he gave his life to Christ while he was in jail. And so before they executed him, he got saved. And I looked up and saw him in heaven too. Um, if I remembered all that stuff, would heaven be a nice place for me? Probably not. Uh, yeah, pr- probably not. Cause right. I'm going to be pretty mad that, that why that joke here. Uh, and you know, un- unless my reasoning is so perfect that I can, just say that, well, I want to thank him for killing me because heaven is so great that now I'm here. Right. You know, and, and I'm not sure um, that that process is possible, that I could keep the um, the mentality that I have now, but yet still have the mentality that I need there, you know, in order to 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 adjust in that way. I just don't know how we could do, have both at the same time. So that would suggest to me that I would have to get rid of one way of thinking, because again, Paul says that then I will be perfect. And so if I'm going to be perfect, I can't maintain imperfection. Right. So basically, um, it's, it's going to be it's not necessarily instant, but it's, it's similar. Could we be held in a holding pattern? when we pass, so to speak, like a whole pattern for a plane, but we don't know it because it's so fast. Well, and I guess that's what I'm saying is that we say in a holding pattern because of how we count time. Right. Right. You know, and I'll give you an example. For a fruit fly, their concept of time is different than our concept of time. That's right. You know, for them, a lifetime can be in 24 hours. Yeah. Right? For us, that's a short period of time. For the fruit fly, if he lives a week, he's an old fly. You know, he lived a long time. So time is relative. So it's difficult to say that a twinkling of an eye mm-hmm. is, is this or that because it's all relative based on your perspective. And so that's why I'm saying, I don't know if I can call it a holding pattern or not because a fruit fly would probably look at our gestation period and say, Wow, that's a long holding pattern. Nine right. months? Oh, good right. gracious. That right. was, you know, eons. Um, but we don't see it as a long holding pattern. Right. You know, we don't. So I, I think the, the to, for me, that's why I say the best way to look at death as, as a transition is the same way to look at birth. Is that um, was there a holding pattern in your mother's womb? Um, of course it was, you know, in a sense. But. Do you know it was a holding pattern? No. 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 And and here's why we know that a child in the mother's womb has consciousness. 
because if a woman is pregnant and you talk to the child, the child hears you in the womb. We know that because the child will respond to you in the womb. You know, I remember when my my wife was pregnant with um, my son and I would talk to him in the womb and I would also like tap her stomach. Now, um, I, I would tap and, and it got to a point where wherever I tapped, he would kick. Mm. He actually would mimic what I did. I could tap her stomach one time. He would tap. He would kick one time. I would tap twice. He would kick twice. I'm, I'm really, and it was phenomenal <laughs> that he would really mimic what I was doing. Right. And so, because I did it on such a regular basis, it wasn't like a one-time thing. You know, I did it constantly, you know, because it just really was amazing to me that I could make him kick right. her, her, in, inside of her. And I remember one time just playing with her, I tapped him on the right, her on the right, and quickly tapped her on the left, and it jolted her. Because he seemed to have followed my hand that way and kicked her in two different places very rapidly, so we we, we could tell from that that he had that in, even in the womb he understood a communication process because right. he would mimic me tapping her stomach. So there was consciousness in the womb, but if you ask him once he was born, did he remember it? He doesn't know. He doesn't, right. doesn't, doesn't mean anything about being in the womb. Right. So for him, birth and for all of us, really. Birth is instantaneous. It is in the twinkling of an eye. And there is no remembrance of being in that tiny space. And so if, if you can't remember being in that tiny space, how do we, what makes us think this space is not tiny compared to heaven? Right. That's a very good point. Now, when we pass and we get to heaven and we, you know, we wake up in heaven what is the next steps there is how is it in heaven is uh, do we all go get jobs? You know, it's like, what, what, like what, what is the, what is the next step? Well, according to the, the Bible, um, we have a job when we get to heaven we, we, and everybody has the same job. And, and that job is to give honor and, and glory to, to, to the creator. Um, the, the way Jesus uh, talked about heaven would indicate that what we perceive is what we need to sustain life um, is not what we will need in heaven. And so the idea of, of having to pay rent, the idea of having to, you know, have funds to make sure your utility bills are paid or to, to buy um, food, nourishment, is, is, is not the case. That, that, won't, that won't be a requirement. Uh, in, in fact, um, if, if you, if you th think about it an, another way, um, even though Jesus doesn't equate it this way, but he kind of gives us an inference. He, he says, consider the um, lilies of the valley, you know, they reap not, they toil not, but yet look at how beautiful they are. Look how, how God takes care of them. And so um, they, they don't worry about any need being met. You know, we are the only in, 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 we are the only ones that have the, those concerns. But the world is designed so that there is um, that every entity would have what they needed if they would stop trying to be so smart. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if human beings weren't trying to take over other people's lands and take more than they needed, then the world could sustain all of us without anyone having to do anything. You know, in the, in the Garden of Eden, um, there was no, no dominion power. 
you know, it, right. it, you know right. things went well. So uh, because we won't be in our physical body, we will be in spirit. There will be no need for all the things that we think we need now, you know. Uh, and so, I mean, where will, where, where will nourishment comes from? You know, it's kind of like saying, how do you nourish, how do you nurture light? You know, where does the energy come for light to sustain itself? Where does the energy come from the sun to sustain itself? But we know that that's energy, that the sun is filled with energy. And so, you know, that same energy that sustains the sun is the same energy that will sustain us, that's the, the same sustain the stars. We know the sun has more energy than anything we can derive on Earth. Right. right. So the issue is um, what kind of fuel will you need to keep your soul energize. And, and we just assume that the energy we will need is collard greens, um, <laughs> pork chops, and, and you right, know, and right. that kind of thing. But what we know is that all those things just provide fuel. And, and because our body processes that fuel in a way, the actual energy that we get from the, from the food is energy that was put in the food by the sun right? and what came from the soil. So in a sense, we just won't need the middle you know, entity to sustain us. You don't, you won't need to eat the, the green vegetables to get the energy. You would get it directly from the, from the source of the energy right. uh, into your being. Okay. So that you answered all uh, of my questions that I had about what happens um, after death. You know, you hear so many stories, people writing books, you know, had near death experiences and they pass by, um, loved ones and, you know, on the way to heaven or a loved one is guiding them to heaven. And, and I always thought like how we, how you said that it would be kind of, that's, I would say disappointing a little bit that if you got to heaven, you was looking for people, you know, your family members and you, they didn't make it. You know, you know, then you'd be like, wow, I thought they was a good person or the or, or flip side of the coin. You see somebody you just knew won't make it into heaven and he's standing there looking at you and you're like, how did this happen? And how Aunt June didn't make it? You know, then you're sitting there debating about is this was this worth it. You, you, it? It causes more questions when you have that, you know, questions and anguish. You know, as a as a father, let me say, as a father and as a husband, I could not imagine enjoying heaven without my wife or my children. You know, if if I'm if I'm in the same mindset, right? How could I enjoy heaven if I get there and I know my child went to hell? You know, I I mean, there's, I couldn't walk around with, wow, this is just so great. And, and, and wow, I'm having such a great time if that's what I knew. And that's why I'm saying just, just in a practical sense. And God, God, I mean, certainly we must, God understands our mentality. And the Bible says we're made in his own image. So we have to, we can use common sense in kind of figuring out, you know, what will happen. And so based on those simple concepts, it would seem to me impossible for anyone to maintain their current way of thinking and be happy in heaven. So what is, um, well, we already know how to stay out of hell. So is there any way to call an audible in midstream? <laughs> so if I'm on my way to hell. Right. Right. Well, unfortunately, um, 
there, there is that there, at, 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 at various points in, in the history of religion, you know, it was thought, and some people still think that way, that the soul uh, goes to purgatory, which is like you said, kind of a holding place right. uh, until um, that final day when, when we are raptured. And, and, and there used to be a belief, and, and some may still have this belief, um, and actually some do still have this belief, that you can pray a soul out of purgatory. That, you know, if you pray right, that somehow that, that soul can be delivered and that, that audible can be called and right. you get to heaven. However, there's nothing in the um, New Testament or the Old Testament to suggest that that is true, <laughs> that, you know, right. once you make that decision here, then that decision is made. And I don't care how much you pray for that person. You know, like when, you know, people die, you know, people will pray for the person. You can pray for them all you want. Once they're dead, they're gone. That's the end of it. You can start praying for them. It's a done deal. There's nothing you can do to reverse what their life has already uh, delivered to them. Right. And and so the prayer should always be for the people that are left behind. Uh, and I know people say things like that. Well, pray for them or may their soul rest in peace. Um, if their soul is not in peace when they go, it ain't going to be in peace. You right. know, no one care what you do. It, it, it's the end of it. It's a hard thing to deal with. It's a hard thing to realize um, because we, we don't like to see things in a way. Um, we don't like to see the truth a lot of time. We want to see what makes us feel better. And, and so, you know, I know like people, you know, like to think that, you know, as I mentioned before, that, you know, mama, daddy or grandmama, whatever, is looking down on me and, and, and that they're, they're there and they're taking care of me and they're keeping me. Um, but that's not biblical. There's nothing biblical right. to suggest that. Uh, in fact, I got to tell you, you know, um, I don't want uh, I don't want folk looking down at me all the time. There's some things that I do I don't want you to see. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, right. just, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I guess see, we don't again, we don't think practically about it. Right. If if when I die, I can see everything, and I'm looking down at my child, you know, and 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 my child is with his wife or with her husband or whatever. I don't want to see that. Right. But if I if but if if you know, so why would God even have us with that ability to do that kind of stuff? I, I just I just you know it it's not biblical. It, it doesn't suggest. In fact, Jesus said because there's a story where a gentleman asked for asked for that, and, and Jesus said, "You can't. It can't happen. That there's a gulf that God has provided." It, that you cannot cross, and and, and so uh, and it does. We as we mentioned before, there are angels that the Lord, you know, has sent to to watch over us. But we are not those angels, right? You know, uh, we're not the ones that make that happen. So, is there any point that we could become an angel? Well, um, that would presume that it, it, there's a value in being an angel other than being a soul called to heaven. Right. You know, um, and and I don't know if, if there's a, a, a greater reward, I should say, um, of, of being in, in that capacity. Um, can, can God use you? Uh, yes. I mean, he's God, obviously. He can, right. he can assign any task to you he wants <laughs> right, to assign right, right. to you. But according to Jesus, that task will never be coming back to earth to right. warn others. 
according to what Jesus said. Right. So you may have a task to take care of Jupiter. I don't know, or to take <laughs> care of Saturn, but but Jesus says that there is a gulf there that prevents you from coming back to warn anybody or to talk to anybody, and 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 so. Um, but that's, that would be a, a big job to take care of Jupiter. That, well, that would... <laughs> <laughs> Probably so, but, you know, hey, I guess it'd take a, a very intelligent uh, uh, angel. <laughs> yes, it would. But that was a great conversation, uh, Dr. Daniels. Um, yeah, answered a lot of questions. I hope we answered everybody's questions uh, out there on YouTube and on um, the podcast. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to us and, and supporting us. And please be sure that if you're on YouTube, share the page, share the channel for Enoch Baptist Church, and also share the Everyday Strong. Uh, Dr. Daniels, do you have anything? Well, I, I would like to just add that, um, you know, we, we've just experienced a, a terrible uh, tragedy out in Las Vegas where yes. a lot of uh, people, lives were lost and, and, and a lot of people were injured as a result of the carnage. And uh, I, I think this ought to send a, um, a message to all of us that we need to be united as a nation. Uh, and, and also, I would suggest to people to be in prayer for those who lost loved ones, that God will comfort their hearts. And for those that are yet still in critical condition, let's pray um, that our Heavenly Father will uh, touch their bodies through His Holy Spirit, uh, that they may recover and, and regain full use of all of their activities. Yes. Amen. This is Joe C.B. Baker. Till next time.